Welcome to the TBMX Podcast Show. I'm your host, Tyler Brown, and I'm really excited to kind of kick this podcast off. Uh, For those that don't know me, I've been racing BMX for a pretty long time now, and I used to run the podcast with Sam, Cafe Willoughby. You might have heard of that. Uh, And to be honest, I've kind of missed being out of the podcast game. It's something that was fun for me. It kind of gave me an outlet to share my views, share my thoughts on BMX racing, and I'm not much of a social media keyboard warrior and I feel kind of like a podcast is a great way to get out there and kind of voice my opinion. Uh, The problem that I have with social media and text messaging or texting in general is you never know the context of what the person is saying. I might be saying something totally in a joking way and via social media it could be taken the wrong way. So that's why I'm not really big on the whole Facebook warrior thing going back and forth. But a podcast is kind of a great way for me to share my opinion and like I said, I really just missed it. Uh, Cafe Willoughby was something that was a ton of fun. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed doing it weekly and kind of, again, getting my opinion out there. And I wanted to get back in the podcast game. So I figure why not create something? Uh, and speaking of that, what's been going on with Cafe Willoughby? That's been a pretty hot topic across the board. I know I get asked that all the time. Uh, so here is the big scoop. You won't believe what happened. Now, to be honest, it's it's nothing too crazy. Um, it was one of those things where me and Sam, we both have a lot going on. And towards the end of the final year of the Cafe Willoughby show, he started doing a lot more on the coaching side of things. And I picked up work and it just kind of fell away. Nothing, no reason to really stop it. But at the same time, we never put an end to it because I don't really know if there was an end to it at that point. There was no real kind of like, hey, let's stop this. Let's keep it going. It just kind of faded away a little bit, and now we have our little chunk of of time in the BMX podcast video world. That uh, something that was I always think was really cool, and what we did with it, and what we were able to accomplish was really fun. So I will I'll miss the Cafe Willoughby days, but again, it just kind of there's no real reason to stop it. It just kind of slowly faded away, and we're both doing our own thing now. So. Back to the show at hand. This is something that I want to keep really informal. I don't know if I'm going to do it every week, every other week, or mainly when I just have the time and there's a good topic to to share with you my views on. Um, it's one of those things that I don't want to get too formal. I'm not going to be editing this and going crazy and adding music and all kinds of stuff. It, it's meant to be something that, again, just kind of share my insight, whether it be a World Cup that I was just at or what's going on at the hot topic in BMX racing today and what, what there may be. So with this show today, show episode number one, kind of what I wanted to talk about is the the current state of money in BMX. It seems to be a big topic lately, whether that be pro payouts, GoFundMe accounts, or whatever you may have. Um, So we've had an interesting one recently. We've had a GoFundMe by one of the UK top superstars, Bethany Shriver, excuse me for the text message going on in the background. I'm going to mute that right now. Uh, and, And I want to make this one thing very clear. I don't know Bethany. I haven't spoken to her too much personally. What I have watched of her riding has been fantastic. Uh, the interviews that I've seen, like when she won the world cup, she was, she was funny to listen to and great speaking. 
Um, so anything that is said is definitely not taken towards her personally. It is more just my views on the subject. And being that she has posted a rather very public GoFundMe page, she's kind of the face of this at the moment. So Bethany, if you ever do happen to listen to this, uh, for one, I'd like to meet you one day, maybe at one of the World Cups. For two, again, this is nothing against you personally in any way, shape, or form. It's just my kind of views on the GoFundMe thing and BMX money as a whole. So to the GoFundMe thing, personally, I am not a fan of this. It's something that I've always struggled with. Uh, For those that don't know me, I was raised uh, by a single mother and we had very little funds. And in order to get to any of the events that I wanted to go to, whether it be a normal national or a World Cup, um, I always had to I had to work my way to get there, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with with needing to to work to get out there and work to be to those events. I think it's something that you appreciate once you're there, and it keeps you hungry and motivated as a rider, and there's nothing like getting on the starting gate and being able to look at the guys next to you, and maybe those riders who have had a full-funded ride and kind of be able to go like, you know what? I'm glad to be here. Let me go race and lay it all out down on the line because I know what it took for me to get to this point. Uh, so I've, again, I've always kind of had to work, work to get my way to the races and that kind of, kind of leads into the whole topic of discussion in today's podcast, just in general is money and BMX. Why is a rider like Bethany, who is a top world cup rider, why is she needing to go out and ask for funds and ask for money to just get two races? Where is the sponsorship dollars coming at? Why is BMX racing in a whole doesn't have any money? Why is money in BMX seems to be a more negative thing rather than celebrating that there are people out there that are making very good money in BMX? I feel it's always talked about everybody who makes nothing in the sport of BMX racing. Uh, so with that, with the whole GoFundMe thing, like I, I think there's so many avenues that can be explored instead of just going out and putting a hand out and going, can you please give me the money? I mean, I know that there's ways to make money in this sport that go beyond being a pro racer. I know that there's riders who have put on very successful international clinic tours that are making in excess of $20,000 in a month when it's done right and things like that. And again, this is nothing against Bethany, but what about looking at options instead of putting instead of putting a hand out and going, hey, will you give me this money to get to these races because she has a very very viable reason to want to go to these races. Making that Olympic dream is pretty important in our sport. But what are their options in our sport of doing something like like a clinic tour where you're going to be raising good amount of money for yourself for what you're wanting to do, but you're also providing value to the community of BMX racing, whether that be sharing your knowledge as a pro rider and helping teach the next generation, uh, sharing your, your being out there, just being acknowledged to the public to maybe sponsors. And maybe you don't have sponsors, but maybe if you did this clinic tour and you traveled around and you set up a lot of clinics and they were very well received within your BMX community, that would probably be a great thing that a sponsor would want to love to jump on board. So maybe you're only making... I don't know, $10,000 in your clinic tour, but you have a frame company that says, hey, you know what? I love what you're doing. Here's a little bit there. And a parts company that wants to give you a little bit more there. Next thing you know, you have 
$20,000 for a season to be able to travel to these World Cups and do what you want to do. You have sponsors that are now going to want to back you because what you do. You have the needed funds now and you have made you made some contacts with all these riders. You've grown in popularity. You have sponsors that want to support you for multiple years and you have a base for your clinic tour because they had so much fun at year one. It's only going to grow in year two and continue to snowball and get bigger and bigger. So again, I mean, that's just kind of an option. I mean, I, I always like a kid like uh, Bryce Betts. I used to support what he did in BMX racing. When he wanted to go to the world championship, he sold t-shirts. He did clinic tours. He did all kinds of stuff. I bought his t-shirts. I thought it was great. And I just always loved the person that goes out there and kind of goes, hey, what can I do for you to add value to you in hopes that you support me back in a way? And so let's see, bringing that into our our next subject, again, just kind of talking about BMX racing as a whole. Uh why why is it I feel like it's a negative in BMX to to make money nowadays. Everybody just talks about how bad our sport is and how little anybody makes in BMX racing. What about those who do well and are very successful in our sport? I think that 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 isn't celebrated and it isn't talked about and it's kind of is a hush hush thing that People are making very, very good money in the sport of BMX racing. Uh, I know we all talk about our top pros, and yeah, let's go on and talk about our top pros. There's pros in the sport that are making well over six figures a year. They're making multiple six figures a year being pro BMX racers, and that is a possibility to do in our sport. Let's go beyond that a little bit more. There are people that have found their niche in sport that are coaching, that are doing clinics, that are helping pro riders that are making a very, very good living in the sport of BMX racing. There's people that have been doing it for many, 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 many years. I don't know their exact financial numbers, but what about guys like Berlin Harris that have traveled the country doing doing summer camps all over, or camps all over in general? Uh, Bubba is still doing it today. Very successful coach in what he does. Guys like Joey Bradford are a very successful coach. Uh, there's there's plenty of people in the BMX industry that are able to make a good money, but it's kind of about finding your niche. Hey, what are you? Are you the coach that can go and do his thing? Are you the pro rider who wins a lot of races? Are you a guy maybe like Barry Nobles that's it's very active on social media and he's out there and does a lot of different things? So are you kind of that jack of all trade? Kind of my point is, is, is you don't have to be one dimensional in a BMX racer and just rely on what they're, you're going to get at the end of a weekend for your payout. Uh, I mean, me personally, like I want to, I'll say right now, I didn't make a ton of money as a BMX pro. Like my elite days are over. I have no problem dishing out my exact contracts for you guys and what I was making. My last days as some of an elite pro, like I'll give you an example. When I rode for Krupe, uh, I was probably making all in with every single sponsor that I had. I was making just under $2,000 a month. And that had to pay for me to not only live, that had to pay for me to get to the races, pay my entry fees, my hotels, my plane tickets, you name it. And it almost, it did. I mean, it was hard to make money at times and I'm not going to lie, it it wasn't easy. I wasn't making a ton of cash, Uh, but at the same time, I was able to continue to do what I love and continue to race my bike. And there were weekends, sure, where it's like, man, I'm going to go to this this race and it's going to be, cost me a thousand dollars to get to. And if I don't, if I don't do my thing and make the mains and do well, I'm probably only going to bring in 800 bucks or 700 bucks. So it's going to cost me more to go to the race than just staying home. So, I mean, I won't agree that our system is broken, but at the same time, you got to look at what your options are and what's available to make it work. Uh, For me, that was coaching at my local BMX track. 
I ran clinics every week. I hustled as much as I could on social media. I was doing Tyler Vision videos where Tioga was supporting me. And again, that goes into that just under $2,000 a month. I think Krupi paid me like 1200 bucks all in to do to do everything and it was a real struggle to kind of make it to races on that i had some good co-sponsors that added in money on on top of it and that kind of brought me to that 1900 dollars level and it was enough between that and clinics that i was able to live at home or live with roommates and get to the races and kind of live my live my bmx pro dream um but we got to look at we got to look at what people make and what's considered a good living and what work is being required and you know not to get all all Gary V on on everybody but it's kind of one of those things that money made and your expectations versus reality meaning like in BMX a couple things number 1 are you going to make a million dollars no probably not but we all know that going into it. This is our sport. This is what we love. This is what we have a passion for. We're not going to become millionaires. I kind of give the same example of being a teacher. If you have passion for teaching people and you want to be a teacher, you know that you're not going to make a million dollars. You're not going to make $500,000 a year being a teacher, no matter how good you are. There's a cap on that industry and there is a cap on our industry too. So what are you going to make as a BMX pro? Maybe you're going to just get by. And you're going to have to live at home or live with roommates. But in return, I also know that by the time I was 26 years old, I had a completely filled up passport. I had traveled the world racing my bike. I had made lifelong friends all over the world. And I had experiences that not one of my single non-BMX friends had. So did I have a big savings account? No. Did I make as much money as my old roommate who when he's when he first moved in with me he raced BMX he ended up quitting and doing the regular job thing did i have as much money as him no way but at the same time every time i talked to him he went oh man tell me about that new place you went oh man i'm so jealous i wish i could have gone there that sounds so cool and and there's something to be there's something to be said for that i know that i know what a what a pro BMXer what the career and lifestyle is and um, at times it's 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 intense and it's hard and it's scary, but at times I know it's pretty mellow too. I know you're not necessarily you're not training 60 hours a week always, and you're not putting in that overtime. So it's like if you want to be if you want to be a CEO and you want to be making two hundred thousand dollars a year, you better believe that you're going to be working your butt off and you're going to be putting in ton of hours at that job and you're going to be expected to be there and hustle your butt off to make that kind of money. So again, it's all putting everything into BMX racing in perspective. Uh, my wife, for example, she was a full-time dental assistant, graduated college in her field, and at the end of the year, once she paid her taxes and everything, she was making just over $20,000 a year. So she was working 35 hours, almost full-time, and she's making a little over $20,000 a year, rented a, an apartment with some friends in Huntington Beach, and, and just got by. So what's kind of the difference there within BMX racing other than you're maybe a pro athlete in quotes, you're a pro athlete and maybe you're making $20,000 a year. It's hard for me to believe that if you are putting in your time and training, you're marketing yourself and you're marketing your brand, you're maybe doing clinics. I think that something like $20,000 a year is an attainable amount of income to make. And yeah, it seems like it doesn't make much, but again, it goes back to what you want in life and what you want to live like and things like that and what you're doing. 
So hopefully you're one of those guys that you go out and you kill it and you win a ton of races and you have your big sponsorships and maybe you're making well over a hundred grand a year and that's awesome. Maybe you're not and you're one of those riders that's just getting by and you live still at home with mom and dad and what a great opportunity. You can live at home with mom and dad and you can make some money, make a little bit of cash, hopefully start up a savings, get yourself to these BMX races and when you decide to move out on your own, maybe you got to pick up some extra clinics and do something like that. Uh, Who knows? Who knows what it may be? Um, I don't really know. I don't really know where else this podcast is kind of going to lead or where it's going to go. And I know this episode, this maybe first episode is a little bit short, but it was one of those things. I just want to start putting stuff out there. I, I miss talking to everybody. I miss kind of starting, starting some of these debates and hopefully that something better kind of comes along and changes and, and just kind of get the conversation rolling and stuff like that. But the biggest thing is, is, just kind of looking at the sport as a whole and, and knowing that there are there are people out there who can make good money. There There is opportunity available to be able to make a living in the sport. And I think I think in BMX racing, it's one of those things where everybody's just really hush-hush about what they make. When was the last time from one pro to another, you go, hey, how much is that uh, that, that number plate deal you have? You know, it's, it's one of those things everybody keeps quiet. And nobody wants to. And I feel like it's almost celebrated how much little our industry brings in rather than focusing on those ones that that do make it. And in doing so, in lifting that up, in lifting those riders up, it shows that that opportunity is there. I couldn't be happier for some of our riders that have some big sponsor deals and like a Red Bull, you know, our energy drinks, Monster, Rockstar, whatever, who, who signed that big out of the industry deal because it shows that it could be done. Guys like Donnie in 2008 had some fantastic deals leading up to the Olympics with some outside sponsors. Uh, riders like it looks like Elise just signed with Toyota the other day. I mean, that's kind of awesome stuff because who's not to say that somebody can't go get a Ford deal and because, hey, hey, I'm a pro BMX racer. I got a shot at going to the Olympics. Toyota's jumping into this BMX racing market. Is it something that you guys are interested too? So it just proves that there is opportunity out there. And I think riders and what they are doing in this sport or people in general, I'm sorry, people in general, not just riders, because there is a money to be made and it is available out there. If you find a niche that works for you, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Why not? Like, why not find something that works for you and go all in on it and, and put that work into it and do what you can to make it happen. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that I do great at anything, but this sport has given me a lot of opportunities, and it's still giving me an opportunity to make a living, and I'm able to pay my bills, and and I'm not stressing about how I'm going to pay my mortgage every month, and all that's coming from BMX racing. Do I work my butt off? Do I have four full-time jobs? Yes, but I love what I do every day. I'm not going to go to a cubicle tomorrow. I'm not going to sit behind a desk. I'm going to be able to go out at a BMX track. I'm going to tonight, uh, this morning I was at a BMX track with one of our pro riders on the Supercross track. I'm at home for a little bit and I'm going to go run a local BMX race night and I'm going to have 50 families come out to the BMX track. And sure, is it work at times? Yeah, especially when it's raining every other day out here like it is at SoCal. But I love my job and I'm not complaining on whatever I make a year. Could I make more doing something else? Sure. But am I happy and am I content where I'm at with what I'm doing? Heck yes. So I think uh, when we start talking about how much money we don't have, let's just celebrate those in what we do have. And hopefully that kind of puts more of a positive thing out there in this industry and let riders know who are wanting to turn pro. Hey, it is there. Hey, you can do it. 
hey, it might be a little bit extra work than the generation before you, and maybe you're not going to make as much, but at the same time, it is available. And if you want to go out there and you want to do it, it can be done. So moving forward, I want to thank you for listening to this quick, short podcast. I know it wasn't too long. It looks like a little over 20 minutes or something like that, what it's going to end up being. Thank you for your time. I hope it's something you enjoyed. I hope it just got the thought process going. And feel free, I'd love to hear some comments from you. All my social media stuff is at TylerBrown316. I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on what you thought about this episode, what you'd like to hear about in more episodes. I'd love to get some guests on here on the show as well. But at the same time, I got to start putting stuff out there. Otherwise, I'm just not going to do it. I got a ton of stuff going on and it's something that's been in the back of my mind for, I don't know, months now to get something going again. So it was time that I have a cup of coffee, get a little energy going here, get gassed up and share my thoughts on a few things. Thank you very much for joining me today. And again, I look forward to talking to you more and we'll see you at the next episode of the TBMX show. All right, that's it. Have a good one.